What's up, everybody? This is Mike Atkins from Nerds on Earth, bringing you another episode of the AMP, the Almighty Podcast, and I am joined, as always, by Adam from the Back Patio Network. And uh, looking forward to another episode, man. We got some awesome, ep- we got some awesome issues of uh, Vigilantes to go over here, and uh, looking forward to it, man. I think these were a little bit of fun. They were, and this is kind of a milestone episode for us uh, for the podcast. This is episode fifty-two. It so- is, yeah. If we had released weekly um, consistently, this would have been a solid year's worth of podcasts. Now, you and I have been sitting down and recording these things for the My Hero anime and for the movies and now for Vigilantes, and we're working our way towards Socks and Ties. We've been doing this for much longer than a year. Yeah, we have. But Um, this is the official, like, 52 weeks worth of episodes. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I mean, 52 plus hours of content, because we usually dribble a little over uh, the hour mark with these things, so... Um, where this is, I don't know if, you know, 50 probably felt a little bigger, but you can't help but look at 52 and associate that with a year. So, um, I wanted to do that. So congratulations, man. A year's, a year's worth of weeks worth of content. Absolutely, dude. Congrats. This has been a lot of fun. I'm glad we're doing it. And if you are glad we're doing it, you should tell a friend, leave us a review on iTunes or something. We'd really appreciate it. It helps the show out a lot. Yeah, we got a shout out on Twitter um, from, uh, shoot, I should have looked it back up, but we, we were kind of included in a list of My Hero Academia podcasts, which was great, a good, fun signal boost, but you can do that on your personal social medias. You could do that on iTunes by swinging through and leaving us uh, a review. Um, and then, you know, there are other ways for you to, you know, plug in and just hang out with us and some of the other fans of the podcast in the Discord. So lots of ways to... Stay connected and, and be very much a part of this with us, which is fun. Definitely. And uh, we look forward to seeing in there. And hopefully you're reading along with us. Uh, Vigilantes has been a lot of fun. And if you aren't reading along, you should definitely check it out. Like, I think we were both a little weary at first because we had heard some mixed reviews. But, you know, it's it's right up there with the show for me. I think it's it's a different medium, but the characters are great. Yeah, I think that these... The four chapters that we're covering uh, today, which is going to be 13, 14, 15, and 16, felt a little slow and uneventful to me for for the large part. But on the whole, I would agree that Vigilantes has been, um, it's been pretty, pretty solid. Um, It's, it's, it's keeping us coming back. I mean, if we grew bored with it, we wouldn't still feel married to this content. We would just go find something else to review. But um, as it is, we, we genuinely want to keep reading this story, which is, you know, in that the point of a story is to be engaging and entertaining and uh, keep bringing you back for more. That seems like a, a positive mark uh, in the column of the goodness of vigilantes. Yeah, for sure. So let's go ahead and just dive into these four. I mean, you had mentioned that you think they're a little slow, and I, I can see why you'd say that. I get the feeling they're probably like setting up some sort of bigger storyline. At least I hope so. Uh, I don't think they were super slow, but not a lot happens, it feels like. Yeah, and... Like if if they are setting up another storyline, it felt like everything that preceded these chapters was already doing that with Honey slash Queen Bee, yeah, uh, you know, and that thing going on in the background with Trigger and all that stuff. So if that's what they're doing, I'm like, but what about this other thing? Like Queen Bee slash Honey, we I call her Honey. Um, she is in these chapters twice. One of them, she's just like a blip during an interview where she says like. 10 words. You can almost miss that it's even her if you're not paying attention. Yeah. And then another time she's literally in the panel to say, I have nothing to do here and I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, I thought that she was the thing that we were building up towards for, uh, you know, 13 chapters already. It but, felt that way. Uh, but then four chapters of basically no villain, really. So 
Yeah, well, uh, we'll 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 talk about it anyway. There's there's not nothing to talk about. Oh no, um, some cool not. stuff happens. We do get to see a little bit more of uh, Makata uh, Makata Sukuichi, so she's fun. Yeah, and uh, the the like splash page for this chapter, um, this episode, if you want to call it, is um, her putting in a contact lens. So it's just like a full page spread of her, uh, like out of vanity. Uh, but then she's nowhere to be found on the very next page because uh, Sukoichi and Knuckle Duster are. I would are they sparring or is Sukoichi just up there kind of showing Knuckle Duster some of the things that he's learned since his uh, talk with Ingenium or Ingenium? I got the feeling that they were training slash sparring. Like it kind of seems like he was showing Knuckle Duster, like, "Hey, these are some things I'm thinking of." How would you perceive them since you're the fighting kind? Because we know that Koichi's not a fighter. He knows he's not a fighter. He's got to figure out how to keep the people he's going up against on their toes. So I think using Knuckle Duster is perfect because so far Koichi's not seen anybody that Knuckle Duster hasn't been able to beat up. And if he can keep Knuckle Duster on his toes, then no one else is going to be able to keep up with him. That's true. And he's he's showing, um, you know, Knuckle Duster some of his tactics that he's developed. And it while he's like describing these things, it made me think of that old toy from like the 90s where you, it was like a ball on a stick, but you put it around one ankle and then you skipped it. So you had to jump oh, over yeah. it, you know, you'd swing it around. Yeah. Was it called a skip it? I, I, I can't remember. I feel like that had to have been called a skip it. That sounds really familiar. I remember those things because if you missed and they slammed into your ankle, you were wrecked. Yeah, but that's what it felt like Koichi was saying that he was. He was like, effectively in combat, I'm going to be like a skip it. Um, yeah, it was skip it by Hasbro. The twister moves, oh, skip it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's what he is. He's just like, I'm going to be a skip it. I'm going to go for the ankles. And if they miss, then they might stumble. Yeah. And if they, if they don't stumble, then I'm going to do my kowtow evasion and get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it was awesome. And uh, the great thing here is, too, is like you can notice sometimes he's in his uh, outfit with like the hood up and the glasses on, and then sometimes he's not, which I thought was kind of funny. In these panels? Yeah. Like if you look, he's in a tracksuit for some of it, and then sometimes he's actually oh. in like his outfit outfit. Yeah, I see that. That looks like they're in a different, uh, like a different, different area almost right entirely. That's weird. Yeah, yeah. So and I see what you're talking about. It's funny because Pop Step's actually sitting on top of this like trailer watching them, and she just says that his new moves are weird and annoying. And Knuckle Duster kind of is like, "Well, yeah, that's the whole point. Like, if your opponent's annoyed, then that's you know a valid tactic, right?" And uh, Koichi says, "Yeah, well, she's just kind of in a mood since the other day, and uh, it turns out that." He has to tell Knuckle Duster about the uh, Makata incident. Is it Makata? Makato? Makato? Yeah, one of those two. Yeah. It'll be fine. Miss Tsukuichi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it turns out he's got to tell him about like, okay, well, you know, there's this girl that I've been talking to and she's going to investigate us basically. And I told her I'd help, which you got to imagine like Knuckle Duster's face in this panel is pretty good, but I just wish I could see it in person because you know that it had to just be like, are you kidding me? Really? <laughs> well, then... He threatens to like, he's like, I, I know all sorts of ways to throw people off of our scent. <laughs> and he's like, I, I'm sure I'll try to fool her peacefully though. Yeah. Um, Cause he's like putting on his knuckles when he says that line. Yeah, it's great. And then we see Koichi meet up with uh, Mikato for the day and uh, they end up talking about what the difference between the heroes and the villains were whenever they decided to come down and, and say, okay, these are the heroes. These are the villains. You know, she had promised that he, he would find out. And in, in turn of finding out, he's got to be her cameraman for the day. So what she says is kind of interesting. Uh, I didn't expect it because she basically says that it just came down to popularity again, which is kind of what 
being the number one hero is about in Japan already. Yeah. Um, and, and this was kind of, it's a continuation of their discourse where um, obviously she's working on this thesis, right? And she's trying to figure out what niche the vigilantes serve currently because they were kind of the reason for the organi- organization of the, the current in, enforced hero system. Um, so she's, she's about to like take to the streets and do some interviews and figure out how it is that they're like the vestiges of the reason why the hero system came to be still in, in effect. And so it's, you know, and I think, I think I'd mentioned this a little bit last week that it's kind of neat that this, this book is not letting you just take for granted the fact that we're dealing with vigilantes, which almost by definition exist in this weird morally gray area. And she's trying to figure out how that works too. You know, they're good, but they're bad. And I think there's a point in this for, or in these four chapters where um, it, it becomes, one of the characters says something like, you know, if, if such and such happens, then we'll have the villains coming after us and also the police, you know, so they are in opposition to, to both sides um, there, which is interesting. Well, and I think we also get a little bit of kind of sight into possibly a hero that is maybe less of a hero than the vigilantes themselves. So it's kind of another foil to what, you know, the vigilantes, maybe they're in a gray area, but sometimes they're more heroic than the actual pros. Yeah. And, you know, it's during this time, we find out that she actually wants to run into the vigilantes themselves, which is obviously going to be pretty hard because Koichi's standing there right next to her. Uh, but since she's not sure if she can run into them directly, she's going to try to research and, and interview people in the, I'm going to butcher the name, the Naruhata area. Uh, to see how they perceive these vigilantes. Like, what do they think about them? And are they accepted by the people around them? And of course, the first people they interview are the X-Men, which is awesome because they know who Koichi is and they're totally just like busting his balls about it too. <laughs> yeah, they're totally hamming it up. They they do get come awfully close to kind of exposing him, but then they kind of, uh, you know, pivot and uh, start talking about pop step a lot more. Um, and then of course, knuckle knuckle duster who, um, you know, the, they, they just say that he's bad news. They really don't like him. Yeah. They don't like him at all. And, and we get a couple panels here where she and Koichi have interviewed other people, including honey at one point in time. And they have this little like pie chart that they end up including. And it's really funny because that basically breaks down the comment section for each of the individual vigilantes. And the, the big keywords for the, the holler or the crawler as we know him is creepy, handy, but creepy, and seems like a good guy, but creepy. Pop Step is just butt and cute. They've got Knuckle yeah. <laughs> Duster listed as big fisted geezer, which is great. And uh, most people just say that they've never heard of him or he's scary. So pretty easy breakdown. Yeah, and that that panel, like the page before those pie charts are kind of um, developed and, and presented to us, reminded me of like the end of um, Boondock Saints, which is also kind of about vigilantes, um, where they're they're kind of it's this montage of like news pieces where they're out there on the streets and are, what do you think about the Boondock Saints? And you, you get all these opinions where some people are like, you know, they they act like they're above the law; they're the ones that need to be arrested. And then you have some people that are like. Yeah, they should, they should kill all these people, you know? <laughs> um, so they get kind of this mixed review on a bunch of people. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, I really like this scene. And of course, they follow it up with something that's kind of interesting, because out of nowhere, this villain comes up and per- he's a purse snatcher. He snatches the laptop away from uh, 
Mikado, so all the data's gone. And as this villain, he's like the uh, soccer villain. His name's Emperor Yatsura. Uh, he kind of looks like a penguin. Whenever he's running away with the laptop, Koichi decides he's going to try and show off a bit and go after him. Uh, but Popstep is like, why would you do that? Like, you're, you're going to give yourself away, first of all. But not only that, this is the perfect excuse for her to lose the data on us. Like, why would you bother doing this? And, and you can tell that she's really jealous of the fact that Koichi's trying to impress this Mikata chick. Yeah, but he, he's, he's totally going in it in order to impress Mikata. I mean, he, I think he verbally says something like, I just want to show off a little bit. So he dons his All Might hoodie, and uh, he does this multiple times in these chapters too, where he comes up on the scene and he announces himself as the man who does something, the crawler. So in this instance, it's, I am the man who chases down pickpockets, the crawler. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm like, dude, you don't have to announce yourself like that every time. Just get in there and, and do your work. But he uses like that formula. I am the man who blank 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 the crawler mm -hmm. and he's he's truly he's trying so hard to get that name to stick poor guy i know and it's like they just it's always the holler or the crueler or something ridiculous uh, and it you know it kind of doesn't help that he tries to pull off an awesome like little swivel move to get in front of this villain and he just gets kicked in the face with a soccer ball <laughs> i mean just lays him out flat i think the villain calls it emperor shot yeah so i pulled up his uh little entry in the wiki and he's his quirk is just called soccer it just gives him the powerful and intricate footwork of a professional soccer player and then it adds this he can even dribble a ball through a large crowd of people which i think is verbatim from this uh manga it is yeah and then yeah his super move is just called emperor shot so, and it consists of a powerful football shooting so if his quirk <laughs> is just that he's good at soccer do you think they would let him play professional soccer or would that be considered cheating i don't know have we talked about this before like if Surely they would have to have like, like a quirk you know, league like, and a non quirk yeah, league, like Muggle League, and then also you know bring your quirks to. I mean, that's kind of what the um, UA Sports Festival thing is. That's is true, you I know, guess. quirk quirk Olympics. Yeah, um, I, but I don't know if that's like a thing that they just. It couldn't be. Surely it couldn't because of the laws against using your quirk out in public and stuff like that. That's true, but I mean, maybe it's not in public if it's in an arena or something. Like there is a. I don't know. That's just one of those things where I'm. You know, the what-if scenarios that you can dribble down uh, in a show like this or a book like this. Yeah, I would, I, would air, I would think that, like, based on what we've seen, that they don't have quirk-enhanced sports. I bet there's but, an underground league. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and how severely does that limit the possibilities for muggle sports, if you want to call them that, you know, un unquirked or non-quirked sports, because it's 20% of the population then. So if you think about like pro athletes now, the percent of the population of our world that pro athletes um, comprise is a, f a fraction of a single percent or something. It's tiny, yeah. right? The people that actually pl play professionally. So do you get that same amount of people from uh, one fifth of the world's population well um, that's where so i would just that think tricky that maybe like most quirks are not going to be a, a sport related quirk you may be able to use your quirk to aid you in said sport but it just makes me think that like sure anybody can play soccer but if your quirk is specifically that you're really dang good at soccer sorry bro <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> maybe if you just look like a penguin like i don't think that that would throw anybody off like there's just is that a is that an emperor penguin you know take it is driving on gold <laughs> that's crazy yeah <laughs> i love it 
Well, I also like this uh, this follow up scene too because Koichi is clearly down for the count, and so the X Men have to step in to try and help out. And Pop steps in the background too, uh, but she doesn't really do anything. It just seems like Cyclops hits him in the back. So, yeah, and uh, it's funny. I was talking to Adam right before we started recording about this scene because when the X Men arrive onto the scene. Uh, the Cyclops equivalent blasts the Emperor Penguin in the back with his optic beam. And then there's a panel where Cyclops and Wolverine are running towards the scene and the Wolverine guy has swords. And in my head, I, I said, wait, where, where do you get those swords from? And then in the next panel, the swords aren't there. So I was like, but, but, but wait, where did, where did the swords go? <laughs> and so I was like, wait a minute, his quirk has to be, has to be sword related. Like he, he manifested them and then unmanifested them somehow. And it turns out that his quirk is just, he can generate wooden swords from his hand. It's, uh, in fact, if, if this is the name for it, it's awful, but it's just says quirk colon wooden swords from his hands, um, which is a mouthful. <laughs> Did they even try? I mean, <laughs> I know they, they spent no time, but I mean, he's not, I was going to say, I mean, he's obviously not like a main character, no, but, but he's I mean, pretty frequently occurring that they should have maybe put some time into that name. Yeah, maybe just a little bit. That's, a, that's insane. Koichi ends up catching the laptop so it doesn't break. Uh, he tries to keep X-Men from beating up the, the Emperor Penguin guy. He says, guys, violence isn't the answer. And they, they look at him and they're like, what are you talking about, you bitch? And <laughs> I, they just wail on this guy. So they're going crazy. Koichi uh, returns the laptop. It was a weird little couple panels here. Yeah, and then uh, Mikata is talking about how she is really looking forward to meeting the vigilantes next time, and she reaches out her hand um, and asks Koichi if she could ask him a personal question. And Koichi reflexively grabs her hand, because of course she would. She's a pretty woman, and she's extending her hand to you, and he's totally crushing on her, so of course he's going to go for that physical contact. But remember, Koichi... Holding hands leads to pregnancies. <laughs> Scientifically verifiable fact. But uh, anyway, it turns out that Mikado's quirk um, is one that it's, it actually has a name. It's called Polygraph. And if she makes physical contact, then she can tell whether you are uh, telling the truth or a lie. And she just straight up asks him, you're actually, you're actually Cruller Man, aren't you? Or you're actually the hauler in yours, right? Yeah, the hauler, yeah. And uh, we learn that for her quirk to activate, the condition is that uh, she has to make physical contact with the target, and her ability allows her to judge the authenticity of the target's words. And he looks at her, and he's like, what? No, you've got it all wrong. And it pops up on the screen. It says, judgment, truth. And she's genuinely dumbfounded. She's like, oh, okay, my mistake. And so she goes back to her apartment. When we see later, she's talking to her brother, and she's like, yeah, I kind of thought that I had a good idea of who this might be, but I guess not. Which I assume because she did not call him the crawler. That's exactly why, yeah. She, if she had accused him of being the crawler, I think that his, it, he would have been found I out. I think so, but too. Because she accused him of being the person with the wrong name. And this is the name that she got from the neighborhood people who only referred to him as Crawler Man. Right. And so, like, if you go back, or, or the hauler, if you go back to the little pie chart, it says that false wrong name over top of that chart. So she was working with bad information, and it kind of bums her out. Um, but then uh, the end of this, uh, of, of this particular chapter is the three vigilantes, like, sitting there. I don't think that Knuckle Duster cares. He's not reading his stuff. But Popstep and Koichi are, like, reading over what uh, the community has had to say about them. And um, Popsteps is really funny, because Koichi's reading it. He's just like, Popstep. But, but, 
sucks at singing, baby got back, show more butt, <laughs> yeah. or like all these comments. Um, so it was pretty great. And she's all flustered by that, of course. Yeah, of course. And then, of course, he's really flustered because he, he's like, you know, I'd never acknowledge that that was my vigilante name. Like, why can't they just call me the crawler? Yeah. It's great. Oh, great. Knuckle- so that was the end of chapter 13. Yes. Which was called, I don't think I uh, said the title, but it was called uh, Mikado slash Truth. Right. Which leads us into, uh, they, they list them as episodes for me, but I guess it's issue 14, and it was named Major. Um, and I think that is a, probably, like, maybe, I don't want to put words in the author's mouth, but when I see Major and I see the front of the cover now, it's got to the new hero that it introduces, and it just makes me think Major pain in the butt. <laughs> yeah. I think that's accurate, too. The, the guy that they introduce in this chapter... I had a strong dislike for him. I think um, everybody But did, I also yeah. had a strong dislike for Ida. If you listen back to the early episodes, that first episode where Ida was in the classroom and was running his mouth, I was like, I really don't like this man already. And I like Ida a lot now. Yeah, but Ida was immediately so. redeemable. We've got basically an episode to two episodes of this guy, and he is not redeemable in any sense of the word. Yeah, so before this guy comes on the scene, or I guess how he comes onto the scene, is Koichi is trying to chase down this guy on a motorcycle who has the quirk long leg. Who, now that we're focusing on this, who's in this, um, probably this entire comic for two pages. His quirk gets a name, long leg. Wolverine gets wooden arms from his hands, you know. Um, Anyway, he gets kicked by this dude's leg. He just like grasshopper kicks him in the face and he kicks him in front of a bus. But he's swooped up at the last second by this guy um, who calls himself uh, uh, Captain Celebrity. And he is like, He's a. Uh, I really don't like him. He looks like uh, like Booster Gold. I don't know if you know who Booster Gold is from DC. Yeah, yeah. Or like if uh, oh, what's the rapper's name? Um, he sings about wearing like your grandfather's clothes or something. Macklemore. Uh, if Macklemore was a superhero, he's got like the shaved side head with the long hair on top. He he yeah, and I there was a part of me that felt kind of attacked. Because once he introduces himself, he calls himself Captain Celebrity, and then he says, I'm the United States' top-ranked hero. Right. And I was like, all right, where's the commentary and all this? Yeah, no joke. Yeah, I mean, the guy's <laughs> just like... attacked. Yeah, the guy's... Especially since he's just, like, number one douchebag, you know? It makes it to where it's just like, oh, yeah. that's what you guys think of us. It is pretty great, though, because the one thing that I really appreciated about him in these four chapters or three, he's only in three of these, is um, he, after he introduces himself, he immediately pulls a marker from somewhere, I guess, in his utility belt, if he's wearing one, and he just starts autographing the front of Koichi's sweater. He just says, here's my autograph, not do you want one. He's just like, here, I'm going to give you this autograph. Yeah. And that's a gag that comes back to play later, which makes it really, really funny. Yeah, especially since uh, Koichi follows that up with like, dude, this is my All Might hoodie. Like, this is really special to me. And he goes, so what of it? My autograph is worth a whole lot more, you know? <laughs> so he already yeah. thinks he's better than All Might. Yeah, he wrote he wrote on Koichi's uniform, like his hero <laughs> uniform, essentially. Um, and and it's not like a small signature. I mean, it's like almost all the way across this thing. Yeah, it's like across Humongous his chest. Signature. It's insane. Uh, and then he flies off, like just takes off. Until next time, lad. Yeah, and they you kind of get. I guess this is like a news broadcast thing where it says Captain Celebrity has announced the start of his new career here in Tokyo. Yes, it's Christopher Skyline himself, which I guess is maybe his I should have looked that up, but I'm assuming that that's his walking around on the streets name. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it says the Japanese debut of one of America's major league heroes is sure to cause wave throughout our own hero industry. 
Um, and yeah, I was just like, I don't like him already. I hope he doesn't stick around. He kind of does at least through where we end, but you know, he's, it shows him like picking up a whole cruise ship full of people. So he's super strong and can fly. That's about all we know that. And he, we've, we come to learn now, uh, learn later that he's got like an entire crew, like not just PR, but a lot of it is PR, yeah. like, um, running socials and stuff. Um, but also they do some rescuing, I think. Uh, we could talk about that um, when we get to it here in just a second. For sure, for sure. Well, Knuckle Duster apparently knows this guy. At least he knows of him because he says that he earned the nickname Captain Troublemaker after having multiple lawsuits filed against him. And he was also subject of like several scandals. So this guy, he I've actually got in my notes that it reminds me of The Boys, that Amazon show. If you ever watched yeah. that, it was very reminiscent of um, the uh, basically the Captain America equivalent. I can't think of what his name was. Yeah, uh, Knuckle Duster says basically he couldn't work in the United States anymore, so now he's come here to make a living, right. which Knuckle Duster's, I can imagine he's already thinking about punching this guy's lights out because he knows he's going to come over here and do something that Knuckle Duster's going to disprove of, and he's just going to he's just gonna sock oh, him. Oh man, I just had a crazy prediction. What if this is like one of the first heroes that Stain kills? Because that would make a lot of sense. Oh, I would be, I already <laughs> like Stain. That would just so do like, it for you, if, huh? <laughs> yeah, if he offs this celebrity guy, I'll be, I mean, just I'll get a framed picture of him somewhere in my office oh, or home. Man. It would make um, a lot of sense, though, for them to take this weird break to introduce this character just to have them use him as like this device for Stain, you know? Yeah, and you make a good point. Like, he definitely is in violation of all things Stain. Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, well, anyways, with Knuckle Duster talking about this guy, Koichi agrees. He's like, yeah, that guy really rubbed me wrong. And Pop seems kind of surprised about that. She's like, wow, someone, you know, Koichi's bad-mouthing somebody? That's just not something you'll hear every day. And so he kind of goes into the fact that he's scribbled on his hoodie. And I wonder if that's the biggest reason he's upset more than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would be mad, too. Oh, totally. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's so ridiculous. Uh, but then we immediately get this, like, sounding of all alarms because this monster's attacking. And it's another gigantification quirk. Uh, it looks like they got someone got hit with some trigger from Honey. And this is the panel that you were talking about earlier where she's like, oh, well, you know, it's big and flashy. That's great. But there's really nothing else to do here. So she walks off. Yeah. Bummer. Yeah. I can't, man, I want I want her to be more prominent. I want to figure out a lot more about I want to know who she works who for. it is that she's talking yeah. to. Yeah. You remember how we had this exact same intrigue watching the anime where Shigaraki was talking to uh, uh, who we know now is the all for one but on the monitor. But yeah. we were like, oh, my gosh, if the bad guys are talking to this other bad guy, he must be the badder guy. You know, <laughs> um, so we're trying to get the same thing going on. I hadn't realized that Queen was or, or uh, Honey was kind of the Shigaraki of this, but you're totally right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't maybe not yeah, I maybe mean, not one to one, but she's working for a yeah, bigger yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, she's an underling of some kind. It seems, or maybe, maybe not even an underling. Maybe it's more like she is working. She's like in cahoots. They could be equal partners, um, but she just has the ability to do things on the ground because of her quirk. And this other guy's thing means that he just is not the the face of the operation. Yeah. If that makes no, sense, no, that totally makes sense. Uh, well, Koichi's trying to help people calm down, get them out of this district while this uh, this villain's attacking, or this spontaneous villain is, I guess, what they... I think they called him that in one of the shows. Um, yeah. But anyways, there was a little girl that's screaming about uh, someone named Masahiko and st still being in the house. So he goes after uh, this this person that's still in the house to try and save you know this individual. And Captain Celebrity shows up, and he 
Koichi's like, oh, you're just in time. And he's like, well, why am I just in time? What's going on? And Koichi explains what's happening. And he goes, ah, oh, sorry, but you know, do you think we could just like put a pin in this for a couple minutes? Because the media has not arrived. And also my staff are kind of in the middle of their preparation. So if, if we could just wait. And Koichi's like, what are you talking about? There's no time for that. Like, we got to go. And and then, you know, Captain Celebrity is like, well, the police actually haven't made any requests. So as things stand, I don't have an obligation to do anything. So Koichi's like, all right, well, then I'll go do it. Uh, then Captain Celebrity gets the call from his staff and they're like, hey, we've accepted the, dis- the dispatch request from the police department. Uh, also, we've got a whole bunch of mass media on site, team ups with the local heroes like you're good to go. Three, two, one countdown. Get out there. And so he dashes off to save the day. And he literally says it's showtime yeah. when he when he takes off. Which is really why he reminds me of Booster Gold, because Booster Gold was like a regular humdrum person in the future that came back to our time with like a newscast, basically, and broadcasts himself being a hero to the future. Yeah, I know that there was a, a team in the Marvel Universe as well that was doing the same thing. In fact, it sparked the Civil War. Yeah, um, that's right. In, uh, in the comics. When that uh, when they were being followed around as like a reality television show and stuff went horribly wrong. Yep. yep. Um, but yeah, th- this captain, captain, uh, what's his name celebrity. again? Captain Celebrity. <laughs> I dislike him so much. I'm just like, I want him. You you have kind of turned this character around for me by implying and reasonably so that Stain will be killing him soon. Like I so very much look forward to that. Honestly. Um, <laughs> so he's he's t- he's taking care of Godzilla. Basically, it's this guy who turned into something that looked like Reptar or Godzilla. Um, and Koichi finds out that the Masahiko that he was sent in to go rescue is not a child, but is a dog. Um, but he doesn't, like, not rescue the dog yeah. because, you know, he's, he's your friendly neighborhood Koichi. Of course he's going to grab the yeah, dog. Yeah, he says he may be a dog, but his life is no less important. He's a true hero here. And then he ends up... Uh, the, they make it sound like the... You know, as Captain Celebrity is fighting this guy, that uh, the big monster drops and falls on Koichi. But I think it's just like he was rescued from the rubble. It was hard to it's tell. It's hard to tell, but yeah, it made it look like whenever Captain Celebrity punched out Reptar, Reptar fell on a building that was right next to Koichi, and it came tumbling down. So I think as they were falling, Captain Celebrity saves Koichi and the dog to look good, even though he's the yeah. one that caused the the you know downfall of this building to begin with. Yeah, and then of course this is where the autograph comes back yeah. around because we just like three pages ago had the scene where Koichi is trying to remove it from his jacket. Well, when as soon as Captain Celebrity puts him on the ground, uh, the audience is commenting on this and it says, "Why he's even giving the rescued boy his autograph, going that extra mile for a fan, and he's autographing it on the back." Yeah, it was <laughs> awesome. Just the the resurrection of that joke. It made me laugh when I read that. It was pretty. Good. It is good. So Koichi ends up returning the little dog to the girl, and she even thanks him incorrectly. She says, thanks, Holler. Uh, and <laughs> so it's funny, too, because the Captain Celebrity like flies up behind him, and he's like, you know, at the end of the day, pets are outside of uh, my area of expertise, so I guess you get the credit for that one. Not too shabby, young lad. And then flies away. <laughs> yeah, you did it. And then he, he leaves him with the statement. He says, all that darting around my feet looking so utterly uncool. Cut it out. Just stop. <laughs> yeah. And that lame hoodie of yours shows up on TV. It's going to kill my cool factor. Yeah. And Koichi's just like, yep, definitely hate that guy. Man, that's so funny. His face at the end of this, too, he just looks so annoyed. Like, kudos to the, uh, the artist for really getting those emotions through. Yeah. 
that's that's the end of episode slash chapter uh, 14, and we move into 15, which is uh, titled Playboy. Yeah, I like this one a lot. This is kind of a funny issue. Um, so the cover's got Mikado on one side and then got Pop on the uh, like up against her back, so they're standing across from each other there. Um, and <laughs> where immediately, I would assume this takes place like pretty much at, right after the end of 14, uh, there's wow. a building where everything is basically falling apart, cracking from what I would assume was the Reptar fight. Yeah, and uh, not to pump the brakes too hard, but I'm just looking at that, that cover picture that you were talking about with Mikado and Popstep, and it's a, it's, it's a yin-yang symbol. It's like a study in contrast. So you have, this is so dumb, but this is what catches my attention I, sometimes. You have Mikado's black hair kind of at a diagonal angle with Popstep's black or dark colored school uniform. And then it looks like pop steps hair is the same kind of shade of gray as Mikado's uh, jacket is. So you have these almost like a visual representation of, of opposites and Mikado is like conventionally beautiful and pop step. Usually, you know, she's a little bit more mundane, right? Mundane looking casual. I would get, I, yeah. I would, yeah. Yeah. Casual. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to come up later. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just like they're setting these two up as like, complete opposites kind of visually there yeah. which is kind of a, a neat a neat thing that i didn't catch earlier well and there's also this whole thing with mikado is a senior so she is older and and i don't think pop is i think pop is about the same age as koichi so there's also that whole like older girl kind of competition happening there where koichi's going to be more attracted to her because she's older and more sophisticated or more senior or whatever i mean i feel like that's kind of a cultural thing yeah well, we can get back to your crumbling building now. Um, yeah, so this building's coming down. Uh, there's no time that elapses between the 14th and the 15th chapter. So Koichi is going, he's in full-on rescue mode. Uh, and he finds a sumo wrestler and then a lady who has an injured leg who, you know, like middle-aged, pretty-looking, maybe late 20s-something. And Captain Celebrity, of course, uh, sees this as well and <laughs> sticks Koichi with the sumo wrestler because uh, he... Captain Celebrity, that is, he isn't in the business really of saving people that aren't attractive women, is kind of what he says. He says, I don't have a habit of carrying men like damsels in distress. Yeah, he, uh, in my version, um, he says, after all, I'm not into getting cozy with men. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's awkward. Yep. Um, but they do manage to affect the rescue anyway, not before some rebel, th- uh, some rubble, uh, rather, threatens to squash Koishi, but... Uh, Captain Celebrity catches it, and the girl in his arm gets, uh, you know, exaggerated hearts for eyes. Yeah. You know, she's totally smitten with this dude. I mean, he saves the day. He steals the glory. Uh, the, the wrestler actually thanks Koichi, but everybody else, the media, is pretty much focused on Captain Celebrity. Um, so, you know, and then this weird thing happens, and you and I kind of mentioned this before we got started recording, but... Captain Celebrity says, all right, well, let's spy some things up. Now then, next comes the demolition and removal of the building. And then all of a sudden, he's got all these cheerleaders surrounding him, like just cheering him on. Go, CC, go. And he's like posing. It's so strange. And I guess he's taking the building down. Uh, And it turns out that Mikado is one of his cheerleaders, which I don't understand if she was always a cheerleader or if it just, like, he showed up today and she became one today and she's been a longtime fan. They don't really explain how she knows Captain Celebrity. Yeah, I don't like her as a, as a cheerleader. Like, weird. on that reveal, yeah. I was like, 
What? No, that no, I don't like that. I don't like that she's tied to him at all, and not just because it's him. I don't know. It just doesn't fit the picture, I guess, of uh, in my head of who she is as a character. Yeah, but here she is as a cheerleader. It seems um, really weird, and of course, Koichi is upset because like he's already doesn't like that he's got cheerleaders. He's also upset because he seems to be jealous of the way Captain Celebrity looks. Like he just is jealous of him all around. Uh, and so he says he's disappointed that Mikado is actually part of the cheerleading group. And then Pop is upset about that. She's like, well, you know, she's really vulgar. She shouldn't be jumping and bouncing around in a miniskirt like that. What is she, stupid? <laughs> <laughs> and Koichi just goes, huh? And he's staring at uh, Pop Step. And she says, well, these are meant to be shown off, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's she's being a, a little bit hypocritical yeah. here. Jealousy sometimes does that to a person. Sure. Um but uh, Mikado spots them here, and so she calls over to them, Crawler Man and Pop Step, uh, and they decide that that's the time that they need to bounce out of here. She's trying to pin them down for an interview, but they uh, they nope, and they uh, run away, and Mikado ends up getting uh, called upon by Captain Celebrity, who's like, you know what, you and I, we need to get to know one another a little better. How about we, and then she says, well, let's just do, you know, let's do lunch somewhere. And she's like setting it up on his phone. And he's totally, you could tell that they're different vibes. Yeah, totally. You know, in this scene, he's, he's like, I want to get to know you. And she's just like, okay, you know, uh, we'll, we'll do a, you know, work lunch. Right. right. Like, and he, and he keeps pushing it. Yeah. It's, (laughs) he really is like, well, how about I whisk you away up there in my arms and we'll eat up on the top of this roof and pop and Koichi are watching from the sidelines. And of course they're both upset. Yeah. I like it. It just says grind. He's like, Koichi is so mad. He's grinding his teeth back and forth. Yeah. And then knuckle duster shows up and he's like, ah, it looks like that bastard is, uh, how does he say? He says that bastard looks like that Playboy side of his has reared its ugly head again. I wonder how Knuckle Duster knows this guy. Like if he knows him personally, or if it's just kind of one of those like he's aware of the pro hero game kind of deal. Yeah, I kind of th- got the feeling that he just kind of knew about him through news sources. Um, in in the manga version that I have, the nickname that he says that Captain Celebrity has is Captain Catastrophe. Yeah, they call him Captain um, Troublemaker in mine, also known as the yeah. Flying Stallion. Oh, yeah, the Soaring Stallion. And it says most of his legal troubles have to do with women, the biggest lawsuits coming from his estranged wife, who's seeking reparations for infidelity. And he's been taken to uh, court for every cent that he's got, and the guy still doesn't take to heart. Or maybe he figures it's time uh, to really spread his wings from his wife's prying eyes, and that's why he might be over here thinking that he can escape some of the... Uh, uh, watchfulness of his wife, perhaps, but I mean, the dude is not subtle. No, not at um, all. So, and yeah. then for some reason, he like I don't. It's kind of a weird panel because we're see we see Mikado walking away, and then he drops down. When I say he, I mean Captain Celebrity. He drops down into the middle between Koichi and Pop Step, but then Mikado is right there along with him. So I don't know if maybe he like brought her along, but he's not. She's not in that previous panel. So I don't know. The way that they all converge is just kind of strange. Well, he made it sound like he kind of swoops down behind Koichi and accuses them of stalking or uh, following somebody from his agency. So Mikado was like in that area waiting. Presumably, this was like the rendezvous point oh, where okay. she was going to meet up sense. with Captain Celebrity. Yeah, that makes more sense. And Koichi was just kind of surveilling with Pop Step. And so he's like, why are you tailing this person? And then, of course, Mikado looks up, recognizes Koichi because he's not dressed up in his All Might sweater. Um, and so he's like, yeah, we, or she says, you know, we, we go to college together. And then he 
he basically blows them all off. He's like, yeah, we're on a date. And she's like, well, you know, it's like a work meeting. But then he just doesn't, he just swoops her up, like picks her up like Superman does Lois Lane and flies off. And Koichi's just like, damn it. He just, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's, he is steaming with jealousy yeah. right now. It's great. Yeah, it's awesome. And also suspicion because now he's heard from Knuckle Duster what kind of man Captain Celebrity is. Right. So he's so, worried about what's going to happen with uh, Mikado. And then he hears like someone screaming and a crash happens and it you know we transition up to the scene where Mikado's eating with Captain Celebrity and she says, "Oh no, I think that bank down there is being robbed." And he just says, "Well, who cares about that? Right now there's nothing more important than this romantic moment we're sharing." And uh she says, "Oh, well, now I'm getting a phone call." And then it turns out that it's his wife and it turns out that they've been friends for a couple of weeks and she is basically using Mikado to spy on him or something. So this causes him to to freak out and fly off to the bank where we get this awesome scene. <laughs> There's this like dolphin guy who is robbing the bank and he's shooting off the gun and the police are talking to the people telling them to stand back and he's like, you know, I'd, I'd back up if I were you, hero. I've got a host. And before you can finish the word, he's wrapped up by Captain Celebrity who is then flying away. Uh, so he's taking care of this like within seconds. Grabs Koichi, flies back up to the uh, the dinner table and takes a picture with Koichi and Mikado and then sends it to his wife and is like, now I hope you didn't get the wrong impression. Uh, There's totally misunderstanding yeah. here. <laughs> He's trying to cover his it's tracks. It's so man. insane. But it just... He's so bad. The whole thing with Mikado knowing his wife was really just like out of nowhere to me. It seemed really weird. Yeah. That, I thought that that was a strange element to her too that she's besties and I was, you know i'm i always i'm thinking i always think in motivations like why and it seemed like they try to sell it almost as like this chance encounter but i also wonder if maybe mikado has ulterior motives that we're not aware of because she's very like investigatory i mean she's very she almost seems like a journalist i, I want to say like snoopy but. yeah and it's not snoopy like i said she almost seems like a journalist we, but we know she's not she's she's always more of like a well, I guess she is writing her report on what people think of vigilantes, so maybe she is, to some extent, a journalist. Well, and some of it kind of maybe makes some sense with these last couple of panels where it, she makes it sound like she's in charge of his PR, or is at least placing herself in charge of his yeah. PR, because she says, you know, maybe this is just the opportunity that we need to really reverse your image, and in order for her to know that... I get maybe she needed to be in touch with his wife. I, I mean, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'm not sure. It just seemed like a weird place for her to be in. It like th they could have had a random girl to be doing this, and it would not have taken away from Mikado's character. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but anyways, they reintroduce uh, Captain Celebrity through like another news segment. Everyone is back at their house, and so it's it. You can assume it's Knuckle Duster, Koichi, and Pop watching what they are now calling him as Booyah Chris. I guess. Or are they just saying yeah, and, booyah, Chris? In this version, it's rock on, Chris, and everybody keep, keeps saying hell yeah behind yeah, him. Yeah, okay. So, you know, and, and they're talking about how over the years, he's earned himself the title of Playboy Hero, but going forward, he's planning on completely renewing himself with a new advertising campaign, and I don't know, it's just ridiculous, and Pop is like, oh, what's wrong with that guy? <laughs> Everyone's just digging on him still at the end. Yeah, he's, he's I don't like him. I'm super excited. If, if Stain kills him, standing O from me i'll 
I'll, I'll clap live on the pod. How about that? Um, if, if we get to see That'd that. That'd be awesome. Did you see the note in your, uh, in your volume about the design, the design notes for this guy? No, I didn't have the rough didn't designs have, uh, for him. anything like that. So I'll read a couple of these things. One of them is pretty funny. It says a guy who, uh, this is Furuhashi, the writer for uh, Vigilantes. He says a guy who represents the sleazier side of pro heroes. It seems readers really, really, really hate him. Probably because of Koichi's bad vibes line when he first showed up. Um, but then, uh, the Betton, the author, or the uh, rather the artist, says, think cleft chin plus Frieza's army plus Knights of the Zodiac plus Hanawa hair. Um, so the Frieza's army is like, if you look at his uniform, he kind of has those shoulder pads that you would have seen on like Vegeta, Zarbon, yeah, Doria, totally. you yeah. know. Um, even the cape is kind of Zarbon-esque. Yeah, um, so, and I, I wouldn't have picked up on that if, if I hadn't read that little, uh, that little piece there, but I like it. I like it. I like that part of, of him, of his design. Um, that's cool. I always really like those sh- that prolonged shoulder pad look oh, on the Saiyan, Saiyan armor. armor is so cool. Yeah, I love the yeah. Saiyan armor look. The only thing I had in my my book that maybe you didn't, uh, the flag has some, uh, it looks like characters on it. I guess, I don't know if that's considered kanji. I don't know if, because uh, I would assume this is yeah, Japanese. Yeah, it is. Uh, but it, it says uh, that those characters stand for manliest of men, delinquent spirit. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> this one translates it as a man's man, Yankee spirit. Oh, that's interesting. Huh. <laughs> I like so seeing the like differences. slight differences we have between our, vol- our, our issues. That's always really cool. Yeah. And that's the end of episode 15, which takes us to the last one that we're going to cover tonight, which is called Mom Descends. I actually like this Which is a one. very foreboding title. Yeah, it is. This one was a lot of fun. It was just kind of a nice break from the Captain Celebrity stuff. Uh, it, it opens up with Pop walking into Koichi's place, and it's like a total wreck. And she's like, you know, talking like, what stinks? And she walks into Koichi's room, and she says, hey, this place is a pigsty. You gotta clean it up. And he's like, yeah, yeah, later. His phone rings, and he gets a call from his dad. And at first, it, it kind of is like heart-wrenching for a moment because it it opens up with him answering the phone and it just says, I'm sorry, Koichi, it's your mother. She's dot, dot, dot. And then it has this picture of like him holding hands with his mom and dad as a child and walking down some stairs. So immediately you're just like, oh man, like, is this going to be a mom thing? Yeah. And then it just, the next panel's got in big words like, oh man, mom's coming here to Tokyo. <laughs> the dad says, like I said, sorry. <laughs> so that threw me for a loop. So he goes into like fast and furious cleaning mode. He's like scurrying around the house. In fact, in a couple of panels, he's in the same panel twice because yeah. he's like, you know, moving so fast. He's mopping the floor. He's putting on clothes. He's trying to get dishes cleaned. And um, he's trying to explain to Pop like how notoriously strict his mom is and sh- and he's like if she finds anything out of place here then she's going to send me back to the country and not only you know does in our conversations have i told her that i've been doing really good in school and that i've been you know growing a good reputation but i also told her that i have a wonderful girlfriend um and you know like where this is going at least initially pop step starts blushing immediately yeah and um, she's like well how are you going to how are you going to deal with that you know and you would think that he would just ask her to fill in. But no. That's what I thought he would do. That's what I thought he would do too, but it's too convenient. Like, I don't think he sees Pop like that at all. And and that's what I think they're trying to convey here is that he doesn't even see her as a first choice for a a fake girlfriend. And so it's got to hurt Pop's feeling to some extent because we know that she's got feelings for him. 
And like deep-rooted yeah, so, feelings, too. They're not just random. I mean, she's known about Koichi a lot longer than he's known about her. Right. Um, so she, she just storms off. She says, you know, how can you be so stupid? I'm going home. And she leaves. And so she exits. And then uh, presumably some time passes because then his mom like bursts open the door and she says, here I am, Koichi. And she's like got her hand out. She's dressed in like, uh, like a, a dress, uh, a dress she's suit. She's like a lawyer, you uh, know? Yeah, she definitely yeah. does. Um, she, and she, she finds knuckle duster starts grilling him immediately she finds knuckle duster's beer in the fridge which at first i thought she was going to freak out about you know but then she's like oh well it looks like you've actually made a life for yourself and she immediately is just like all right well let's see your girlfriend and uh but did you notice that the over the beer it has a little sign that says four, four guests? guests yeah 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 i think that maybe he planted it there to like to have that like shield with his mom like no 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 like i i I'm not drinking beer. It's for when I have friends over who drink beer, you know, <laughs> but he is rescued by Mikado. Yeah. Um, Which was she, really she shocking. Shows she shows up and is just like, Hey, we pleased to meet you. We're seeing each other. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he, yeah, he whispers to her and he's like, uh, I know this is a really weird favor, but just go with it. And she's like, this is going to cost you big time. Um, but then, you know, she kind of gets into a little bit of this background, um, where she's like, yeah, you know, I'm a few years ahead of him, blah, blah, blah. And mom doesn't buy it for a second, so she quick she she gets a quirk name too, and hers is called Fly Swatter, um, and she just is like smacking Koichi from across the room. Yeah, which made me wonder, like, uh, what do you think his dad's power is? Because we know that their two powers combined makes it to where he can slide at a three point stance. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe he's, I don't know. Maybe he's got like rollerblades no for hands or something, <laughs> you know, like something ridiculous. <laughs> That'd be weird. <laughs> well, if he did have rollerblades for hand, it could only be one hand that's a rollerblade because we did see one of his hands is totally normal in that picture you were talking about oh, that's earlier. True, yeah. Hmm. Dang. Um, but yeah, she mom's not buying it. She's like, enough of this ridiculous act. Why would somebody as put together as her ever go out with somebody <laughs> right? like, like you? And he's he he's just <laughs> taking it. He's just like, oh my gosh, I'm busted. But then. Uh, Mikado is like totally she's just like oh you know it's it's fine maybe we'll date someday um, and and the mom takes it up another notch she's like emeralding this this whole you know uh, this whole scene and so she's like you'd really be my daughter-in-law yeah. <laughs> I was like oh my gosh but Mikado just rolls with it she's like oh, yeah I'd consider it um, I was like man that that is a both both women are moving kind of yeah, fast. They're they're totally uh, like right I think they're messing with uh with Koichi is what it is. Yeah, that I mean yeah, I don't know. I, it was weird. Yeah. I don't know. I honestly don't feel like I have a read on what why they would say things the way that that's, they did. That's fair. Then you have Pop Step shows up and she's she's changed her clothes. She's gone home and changed her clothes. Um and she's put on this like um this sundress with little flowers at the bottom. Um, so she's, she's clearly gone through some effort. The way that I read this was she, she, I don't think that she would have had any reason to know that Mikado was coming. I don't think she did. Yeah. So I think she just showed up to Pop like Step, try and help. Yeah. I think Pop Step went home, changed her clothes and was coming back to be that fake girlfriend yeah. to just help uh, Koichi out and, that way. But now she, she gets there and sees that Mikado's there and it's kind of already some sort of play in the role and it's, you know difficulties and right and she looks totally embarrassed to begin with so you know she's probably pretty nervous about this and uh when she shows up you know she's like you do realize what you've got you do realize that you've got yourself into this big mess right and he's he's like no no it's totally cool like i want to play up my popularity as much as possible so he brings her in he's like hey mom this is and he's about to introduce her as pop 
Uh, but she says, oh, well, my name is uh, Kazuo Hanayama, which I think is the first time we've heard her real name. It is. And um, I have the wiki pulled up just because, you know, we like looking at what those names actually mean. So it says Kazuo's given name contains the kanji for harmony, peace, or soften, and walk, or a step. And her surname contains feathers, and then root, source, and mountain. Hmm. Okay. So she, her name is complicated is what yeah, it is. Yeah, joke. Uh, and, and, you know, it sounds like this is the first time that Koichi's heard her real name because he even says like, oh, that's your real name? Okay. And so he introduces her and says that she's local and been hanging out here a lot, which is funny because the mom is like, and why would this local girl choose to spend time with you? And Mikado says the same thing. She's like, yeah, I'm, I'm really curious yeah. why too. <laughs> yeah. I want to know who she is. That's, that's kind of what Mikado yeah. is saying. I'm curious. How do you yeah. know her? And, but all this gets interrupted by Knuckle Duster, who... Uh, opens the door to this place and he's he's dressed Dude, up he's man's suave, in a suit too. yeah like bruce wayne came to visit yeah and both of the women uh mikado and and uh, koichi's mom i mean they you know the, the women who have never seen this man before they both have the same reaction they're like what a man right and then, uh, and then the mom gets on to mikado and is like enough of that a young thing like you should find a man your own age yeah yeah which is funny <laughs> And then, so Knuckle Duster is, um, he, he's like, oh, you know, he's, he's introducing Mikado to Knuckle Duster and all this stuff. And he says that his name is Kuro, Kuro Iwa. Um, and he even has a business card. His name is Takeshi Kuro Iwa. Now, I did go onto the wiki and pull up his profile as well. And this isn't actually his given name. It's just one of his aliases. Oh, cool. um, I didn't read too much into that because I don't want to spoil things. But I scrolled down real fast to see. Um, if I could find that stuff in the trivia, didn't. So then I did a, like a control F. I was like, well, where's this name? Cause right at the beginning of all these bios, it'll give you their given name, but it wasn't at the top of his. Um, it, but it's listed on like a little sidebar thing. It says that this is one of his aliases. And he says that he's, I mean, there's a business card that says he works for an NPO, a, non-pro- a nonprofit. Um, and that he basically, he, he spins vigilanteism is what he does. Yeah, it's <laughs> and awesome. he even includes Koichi in it. He says, uh, we provide support in neighborhoods like East Nor- uh, Naruhata, where local government and community organizations are less, act- or less effective. In fact, volunteer workers like Koichi here are key to the mission. They keep the roads clean and patrol for crime at night. And he totally is just telling the absolute truth. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and I feel really bad for Koichi here in this moment because his mom is just totally ragging on him. And like his friends are trying to step up for him and say, like, no, no, he, he really helps out a lot. But she basically just says that he's drawn to that kind of stuff but he's never actually been reliable enough for it and after a couple of minutes uh she even goes into that story about how you know he was going to go apply to be a hero but ended up falling in the river and just coming back home soaking wet so she really is just trying to hammer it in and pop kind of freaks out and is like well no that's that's just not true gets embarrassed and then she immediately runs off (laughs) yeah because yeah she says that's not true but then the mom challenges her and she's like, well, do you have something? Or no, it's Mikado. She says, do you have something to say? And, uh, you know, Pomp is like, uh, I'm out. Yeah. You know? <laughs> she's like, no, 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 I can't say that. I've been, I've been trying to for 16 chapters. Um, but this, this didn't seem like the time. So she runs off. There's also a really funny scene kind of like in the middle of what you were describing where Mikado's just starts to like straight up feel, uh, uh, knuckle duster's arms and she's grilling him she's like oh were you a pro oh, hero yeah. were you in the military <laughs> Ooh, what a body oh, you know she's totally frisking she's this thirsty. man that's funny weird yeah, she's thirsty. 
So uh, Koichi is, you know, he he goes after, um, he starts to go after Pop Step. Um, you know, his his mom's just like, you know, I shouldn't have pressed her so hard. And Mikado's like, clearly she put in a lot of effort into this, into her appearance. So, you know, when you catch up to her, then give her a compliment. And, uh, you know, Pop Step is, she's, tr- she's running down these stairs and she goes to slip and uh, is about to bust it. But Koichi grabs her, saves her um, from falling. And so he's he's trying to build up to the point of like paying this compliment that Mikado says oh, that man, he should. Yeah. So he's like, uh, but well, your outfit's looking kind of different today. And she's blushing. I mean, she's eating this up right now. She's like, really? I tried going for something new. And he's like, yeah, it's a, how do I say this? It's a, you're looking super casual. Like <laughs> <laughs> totally drops the ball. She just says like casual. Great. Casual. He says and runs off. Poor Pop, I kind of felt bad for her. Oh, I felt terrible. And you know, Koichi's for her. And Koichi, like, man, come he just on. Bit it on that one. He he was trying, but I don't know. It's I think it's because he has no feelings for Pop. He just doesn't see her that way at all. Yeah, I mean, he also it felt like a severe lack of game oh, too. Totally. Like anybody can pay an appropriate compliment, and everybody should know that you look casual isn't yeah. one. <laughs> Um, so he was just totally flo- uh, like flummoxed and flustered by all this, and just it keeps on like driving these emotional knives into poor Pop, who again is like this. She she made this huge effort in this in this chapter to come and be his fake girlfriend, right? Got went and got dolled up, came to be his hero, and then you know the end of the story is he she finds her with another she finds him with another woman, and then. He his compliment is that she looks casual. Yeah. <laughs> like, man, she's gonna go home and sit in her bed and stare up at that jacket again right. and probably cry some. Yeah, I would guess. I would think so. And and it, the end of this chapter pretty much just ends with uh Mikado and his mom making plans to go to the mall. So they're gonna they're gonna try to uh drag Koichi along with them. I don't know if I don't I hopefully the mom's not gonna be like a main stay character. Or hopefully something happens at the mall. I'll take either one of those things. The mom hasn't been like she doesn't feel like somebody that's going to no. hang around for long. She's she feels very bit character. But. Yeah, we'll see. I'm interested in finding out. I really hope that uh, something happens with Captain Celebrity and Stain. That would be really cool. I'd like I'd like cool. to feel like I'm I had so called that, that you recommended one. Yeah. That. And if it doesn't yeah. happen, then it should have happened. I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah. Absolutely. I might get into the fanfic business if it doesn't happen. There you I'll, go. Uh, I'll I'll draft it up I myself. Like it. Can, uh, well, you can find it on backpationetwork.com. <laughs> yeah, if yeah, it exactly. happens. Well, man, I think last week you had said that we were going to cast another villain, uh, Shigaraki. And I had a hard time with this one. Like, I didn't have a clue who I was going to cast. In fact, I didn't come up with anybody until today. Um, I've got two, but I'm interested. You sounded pretty firm in your casting. So who you got, man? Yeah, so I think I'd mentioned last week that I had somebody in mind, but I was like, I've only really seen him in one thing, so I kind of want to sit with it and... Um, the one thing I'd seen this person in is the movie Hereditary. Oh yeah, I remember um, that. Movie. Have you that seen that one? Movie. Weird movie, but there were some stellar performances. Yeah, in there that were. Movie. There were. Um, and one of those performances uh, was from a young man named Alex Wolf, um, who played the the brother of the yeah. um, uh, of that family, the older brother. Um, and he impressed me so much when I was watching that movie. Um, and he also. He came to mind for Shigaraki because I, like um, I was trying to think of somebody who could be very intense, um, and he did intensity 
crazy good in yeah, that he movie. Did. That movie is uh is it's very odd, but if you're into horror movies, it's really good. Tony Collette does a great job in that movie. Yeah, yeah. So and he's kind of got that like shaggy and hair, the thin, he lanky could do. body. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I could I could really see him in a hoodie, you know, with a hand over totally. his face. I, I could. He's 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 who I'm leaning towards for Shigaraki. He's the only person that I really thought at all about. I like really, that one. So. I like that's a good one. Good job. So so who'd you get? My my first pick is pretty much just based purely off of looks because I I had a vague memory of this guy. He was an actor in Interstellar. He played one of the characters as a child. Uh, and his name is Timothy Chalamet. And he, I feel oh, like yeah. he looks just like Shigaraki. I could totally see that. Um, I think he could pull it off, too. I just don't remember a whole lot about his acting. But he's been in enough stuff that I'm sitting here thinking, like, okay, he's in some pretty big-name titles. He could easily pull it off. Yeah. The other right, one I, I had as a backup is a guy named Colin Ford. Um, and the only reason I know who he is is because for Comic Book Cabinet, one of the other podcasts I'm in, uh, we reviewed Daybreak. and. Daybreak has is a Netflix show uh, and is used and is based off of a graphic novel, and he plays the main character from that uh, that TV show, and I I think he could probably pull it off. I say I have no idea who that guy is. Like even looking at pictures, I don't know that I've seen him in anything. If I did, I didn't know that it was him. Yeah, but, uh, in, the in Daybreak, Timothy he's Chalamet just got this. I'd seen. In Daybreak, he's just got this real nice snarky attitude, so I could kind of see it ma- matching the attitude. But I like Timothy Chalamet for just that that look. He's got the 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 look that I think of when I think Shigaraki. Sweet. Shigaraki, man. That's good casting. For sure. I'd, even though we're getting stretched awfully thin, it's still a fun thing to do. Let's do um let's do gentle criminal next. <laughs> oh, gentle criminal. I love gentle criminal. Okay. I'm good with that. Let's do gentle. And I mean I we could say Labrava too, but I don't really know kid actors. Yeah. So I'm just gonna, and that we're would just be, gonna stick with I feel like that would be creepy to cast anyways. Let's just do gentle. Yeah, and gentle would be fun too because it kind of gets us out of the middle-aged or teenaged bracket. Right. I mean, it gets us into somebody who at least looks older. Yeah, totally. Um, totally. So that'll that'll give us something different. We we get to look at a wholly different demographic, really. Um, to to cast gentle. Have so we cast uh, all for one yet? Uh, I don't think so. He'd be a good one to cast too because he's a big name villain and he's older, so we're not going to be looking up teenagers, you know. Well, let's just do the next episode. We'll do gentle, okay? And then we'll just we'll just have extra time to think about who we'd want to play all for. One. That works for me. Cool. So we'll do four more chapters of Vigilantes, and we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Sounds good. See you guys. Almighty Podcast is brought to you by the Back Patio Network. You can follow us on Twitter at Almighty Pod or follow at Back Patio Net for all network news. If you enjoyed what you heard, go check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash network. You can help support the network, get access to early episodes, and lots of other great stuff. If you want to get to know us, come hang out in our Discord channel. We have lots of fun and would love to have you in there. My name is Adam, and you can follow me on Twitter at TheRealSimso, S-I-M-S-O.